All through history, this world has seen many horrors and disasters, but the worst is yet to come, the tribulation. Jesus himself said nothing will compare with it. There are many reasons this will be a tragic time, but one tragedy stands out far above the other. Let's find out what it is in this episode of Foreshadows Report. Thank you for listening in to Foreshadows Report. This is Steve Miller. Over the past several episodes, we've looked at some of the most prominent characters in the book of Revelation. In this episode, we're going to return to the book of Revelation and learn about another character that is actually a large group of people, and they will be involved in what I believe is the greatest tragedy of the tribulation. Let's find out who these people are and see what valuable lesson we can learn from them for our own lives today. In the book of Revelation, we see the tribulation begin in chapter 6, verse 1. That's when the Apostle John sees the Lord Jesus Christ break the first seal on a scroll that has seven seals. This begins the seven seal judgments that God pours out upon the earth. The seventh seal then introduces the seven trumpet judgments, and the seventh trumpet judgment then leads to the seven bowl judgments. Altogether, a series of 21 judgments are unleashed over the course of the tribulation, and we see God pour out his wrath on a world filled with people who have rejected him. Over this time, we see the Antichrist rise to power, and at the midpoint of the tribulation, the Antichrist will commit what's known as the abomination of desolation. Daniel 9.27 prophesies this event, and Jesus spoke of it in Matthew 24.15. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 goes into more detail and informs us that the Antichrist will enter the Jewish temple in Jerusalem and declare himself to be God, and he will blaspheme God. Keep in mind that the term Antichrist tells us he is the complete opposite of Christ. The prefix anti can mean opposed to instead of, so the term Antichrist can mean opposed to Christ, instead of Christ, and against Christ. He will be the opposite of Christ in every way. He will be total darkness rather than total light. He will be pure evil instead of pure righteousness. So you can imagine how evil the world will become under his rule. On top of that, the world will be filled with people who have rejected God. All Christians will have been removed at the rapture. And in an instant, all the salt and light on the earth will disappear. That will make the world a very dark place. So evil will be rampant, and it will get worse. And one of the purposes of the tribulation is for God to bring judgment upon the world. As the tribulation progresses, the judgments grow worse. It all starts with the seven seal judgments, and I'll list them very quickly. With the opening of the first seal, the Antichrist will promise peace to everyone on earth. Revelation 6.2 tells us, he will come riding on a white horse and carrying a bow with no arrow. The fact he is on a white horse tells us he will come as a conquering leader, and the fact he has no arrows tells us 
you a promised peace. But that peace won't last long. The second seal judgment will take peace from the earth and will bring a war that kills many. The third seal will bring global famine. And the fourth seal will see one-fourth of the world's population killed. When Jesus breaks the fifth seal, we are told about the large number of Christians who will be killed for their faith. And the sixth seal will bring a level of devastation never seen before. Revelation 6, verses 12 through 14, describes it this way. There was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth. The full moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Here we see many natural disasters strike simultaneously. A massive earthquake will shake everything loose, and even the sun and moon and stars will be affected. The devastation will be so great that the eyes of all the wicked will be opened with a new awareness. Verses 15 and 16 tell us how those who have rejected God will respond. Everyone will hide themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountain, calling to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Everyone will know the source of these plagues. They will know God is behind them all. They will know that there is no other explanation. And they will cry out, Hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Verse 17 tells us that their fear will be so great that they will say, The great day of his wrath has come, and who can stand? Those who have rejected God will know they don't have a chance. During the tribulation, a point will come when there will be no more atheists. God will make it clear to everyone that he is the source of the plagues that are tearing apart the earth. But the wicked will reject God so thoroughly that they will be like those described in Romans 1 verse 21. But though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. Instead, their foolish hearts were darkened. The greatest tragedy of the tribulation will not be the judgments and the devastations. Rather, it will be that unbelievers who come face to face with God will still reject him. They will know that God is right and they are wrong. But instead of welcoming his love and light, They will hide in darkness. Their hatred for God and their love for sin will be so great that they choose misery instead of mercy. They will choose death over life. We see this rejection again later in Revelation chapter 9. With the fifth trumpet judgment will come locusts from the bottomless pit, and they will torment the people on earth for five months with great pain. Verses 5 and 6 say that their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings someone. And in those days, people will seek death and not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. Even with five months of horrible pain, people will prefer to die rather than turn to God. That's how great their spiritual blindness will be. This rejection will continue all the way to the end of the tribulation. In Revelation chapter 16, 
After the fourth bowl judgment, when people are scorched with great heat, we are told in verse 9 that they will blaspheme the name of God who has power over these plagues. After the fifth bowl judgment, during which darkness and pain will plague the world, we are told they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and did not repent of their deeds. And after the seventh bowl judgment, the final judgment, we read that men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, since that plague was exceedingly great. Again and again and again, even when people know that God is behind all that is happening, they will refuse to turn to Him. Such rejection is hard to imagine, but John chapter 3 verses 19 and 20 explains it this way. This is how people responded at Christ's first coming. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. The reason many people rejected Christ was because they loved their sin to the point they didn't want to come to the light. This is what sin does to the human heart. It causes spiritual blindness. And yet at the same time, it brings a temporary fulfillment, a temporary satisfaction that causes people to love their sin more than they love God. So how is this relevant to us? It's important to realize that the people in Revelation who reject God didn't reach the point of no return overnight. They didn't start out that way. Sin has a callousing effect that worsens over time. It's like going barefoot outside. When you first go barefoot at the beginning of summer, the bottoms of your feet are sensitive and they hurt with every little pebble and thorn. But the more often you go barefoot, the more calloused the bottoms of your feet become, and the less pain you feel, and the less you notice pebbles, thorns, and hot pavement. By the end of summer, your feet have hardened to the point they are no longer as sensitive to pain. The heart is the same way. When we condition ourselves to the point that life's smaller sins no longer bother us, our heart grows callous and we stop feeling convicted by bigger sins. It's a gradual process. It happens imperceptibly at first, and if we're not careful, our hearts can become less sensitive to sin. Now, I'm not saying that those of us who are Christians will end up becoming so calloused about sin that we reject God the same way as the unbelievers in the book of Revelation. That's not my point. What I want to call out is the way that sin can so easily blind us when we allow even a small sin a place in our hearts. It affects our relationship with God. Maybe that sin is little lies or an unwillingness to forgive or a desire for vengeance. Maybe it's entertaining wrong thoughts or clinging to selfish desires or letting anger fester within us because we can't have our way about something. And we justify these so-called little sins because from our perspective, they don't seem all that serious. But from God's perspective, they are very serious. Galatians 5.16 reminds us that in order to walk in the Spirit, we cannot gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. 
for these are opposed to each other. In other words, it's impossible to have one foot walking in the Spirit and the other foot seeking the desires of the flesh. We can't do both at the same time. As Christians, we have to be careful not to let sin take root in our hearts. When it does, it hinders our ability to walk in the Spirit. So what's the lesson we can learn from the masses who will reject God during the tribulation? It's that sin is powerfully blinding, and the judgments that God pours out during the tribulation reveal to us how strongly God feels about sin. Sin is destructive, and it is sin that originally separated mankind from God. That's why God hates sin. So we never want to get to the point where we rationalize even the little sins that we find ourselves tempted to do. We don't want to let sin get between us and God. The greatest tragedy of the tribulation will be the many people who refuse to turn to God, no matter how many chances He gives them to repent. That's because the result of their rejection will be eternal separation from God. The destruction of the tribulation will be temporary. Someday, God will make the earth new, but those who reject God during the tribulation will suffer a separation from God that is eternal. That tells us just how seriously sin can deceive people, and it's why we need to be careful that we don't let sin deceive us. For this reason, we should take to heart the words of Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Thank you for joining me for Foreshadows Report. I'm grateful that you've chosen to take the time to listen. And my hope is that you're finding yourself spiritually enriched by every episode. You may know other people who desire to have a better understanding of the end times. If so, you can point them to this podcast. One easy way to do that is to have them go to my website where they can find a link to the podcast. The website is at stevemillerresources.com. Also at the website, you'll see my books, including Foreshadows, which talks about 12 clues that Jesus' return is nearer than ever. And you'll see my newest book, One Day Nearer, which comes out on October 10th. It's a 365-day devotional on Bible prophecy. Also, in addition to these weekly podcasts, I post news updates daily on Telegram Messenger Channel. I share about news from around the world, and I also quote from great Christian books and from the Bible itself. To receive these daily posts, go to Telegram Messenger Channel and look up Foreshadows Report, or you can find a link to the post on my website, which, again, is at stevemillerresources.com. Thank you again for joining me as we keep watch and find hope, and I want to say thanks to Harvest House Publishers for making this podcast available.